Yeah, hello everybody. Hello everybody. Got a pose in the matrix here. I'm doing my poor interpretation of Albert Einstein with my hair. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Anyway, um, I was sent uh, a video link by one of our viewers, uh, Freemare, and uh, <clears throat> it really, it's really good. <laughs> um, and this is, uh, I think he's a geneticist or some kind of, or a neurologist, some kind of uh, scientific fellow. And uh, he talks about uh, all about the uh, the COVID-19 shot. And there's some things in there that I heard that were kind of new. So I figured I'd share them, you know. Uh, so that's that's what I'm going to do. And plus, I to make it go longer... <laughs> I found two more videos that um, I thought might be uh, interesting. I found a 60 minutes um, episode from back in the uh, 1970s, I do believe, where Mike Wallace was talking about uh, the swine flu epidemic back in 1976 and how people had taken the uh, the swine flu vaccine and then later became paralyzed uh, because of Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is one of the things that... Uh, that's listed on the uh, the uh, COVID nineteen list of uh, negative side effects. <clears throat> so, um, and some people have been having have been having neurological symptoms, which makes me think that the Guillain Barr syndrome thing is is for real. Um, so we're going to listen to that, and then I may have played this last video in on another uh, radio program, <clears throat> but. Um, I'm going to play it again. It's a, a group of doctors from around the world that are telling you not to take the vaccine and why. Okay. Um, I just want people to feel free. Uh, I'm not going to criticize people that take the vaccine. Although I think what you're doing is in, injurious to yourself, but uh, you got to do what you got to do. And I understand that. So if you got to take it, go ahead and take it. But I highly advise against it. And if you watch this video or this radio show um, through its entirety, you're going to see why I'm saying this, okay? I'm not saying it because I'm some crazy nut uh, conspiratorialist, <clears throat> but I've I'm an, I've been a nurse for a while, and um, I, I chose not to take the vaccine. And because of that, um, I retired, <clears throat> and I'm glad I did because now – people where I work are being forced to take the vaccine and I would have gotten fired anyway. Right. So I retired to get out of it uh, and to get away from that aspect of nursing in general. But because um, COVID-19 and the restrictions that are placed on nurses now, in other words, to have the vaccine or you don't work, I don't work. So um, I'm kind of enjoying an extended vacation, uh, but uh, who knows what the first of the year will bring. You know, so I'm going to wait till then. Uh, anyway, oops, I said anyway again. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to present these three videos to you. And uh, I'm not going to do a lot of talking because I've done a lot of talking about this and uh, talking and talking and talking. And I figured, you know, the proof is in the pudding. If I have... Uh, a geneticist talk to you if I have uh, uh, Mike Wallace talking to you about Guillain-Barre syndrome from from a viral from a flu shot that basically is a, maybe akin to 
what they're giving out nowadays. And if I have several doctors from around the world telling people not to get the vaccine, maybe people will listen and, um, and it won't just take it as my, my authority or anything, but we'll take, um, take it because there's a bunch of very knowledgeable people telling you not to do it. <clears throat> and either the government's wrong or all these doctors are wrong. Uh, there's Genesis is wrong or, or Mike Wallace's testimony about the uh, <clears throat> Guillain-Barre syndrome back in 1976. Um, and the fact that it can manifest with this latest vaccine uh, might be something that'll help you make a decision or not. You know, it's up to you. But all you can do is try, you know, I feel. And um, I know I'm with my own family I've tried and, uh, you know, it's fallen on deaf ears, basically. <clears throat> and um, for the most part, anyway, <clears throat> people would rather give up their freedom for uh, because of the scare taxes of a government that wants to take away their freedom. And uh, if people want to do that, well, you know, we all suffer this, the uh, consequences of the decisions that we make, whether they be good or bad. So we'll see. That's all I can say. So anyway, without further ado, I am going to start these videos. And um, if you see me duck out of here, it's because I went to take a bathroom break. Um, when I do these shows late at night, I drink coffee, a lot of coffee. Uh, so that kind of explains why I'll duck out of here. Um, anyway, uh, let me get this show on the road. And by the way, we're not doing this live on Twi Twitch because Twitch is down or something. It's not allowing me to, to connect into Twitch. And <clears throat> so this video will not be on Twitch. It'll be on Rumble. It'll be on my website. And it'll uh, the, the audio of it will be on um, Spreaker and Pod Podbean. Excuse me. So let's uh, let's get the ball on, uh, show on the road, get the ball rolling, um, and that all the all that nine yard stuff. So let me start this up here. And I promise you, <laughs> especially the person that oh, I'm not going to get into that. The person I was just to say the person that thinks things are too small. Um, here's your fair warning. This is going to be small to you, even though I enlarge it as big as I can. But uh, on my screen, the guy is so close or so big that he looks like he's human size, uh, you know, normal human size. Um, so, Anyway, take that as you will. So let us get started here and we will we'll have a don't take the COVID shot party. Okay. This is uh, Dr. Michael McDowell. Uh, his presentation is the genetic bioweapon, the vaccine and COVID-19. And this is one of the best things I've ever heard. Now, there's a part one here and I don't know where part two is. I haven't found it. Perhaps it hasn't been done yet. Uh, we can find out by seeing when it was uploaded, if that's possible. All the comments are like one week ago, so maybe part two is still in the works. So um, anyway, let's let's get started here. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of junk out in here, a lot of smoke, so it affects me, folks. Sorry. Uh, let's get this started, and then I'll enlarge it, and we'll go from there, okay? I want to start my presentation by looking at a quick backdrop of the genetic bioweapons industry. And I think the world first became aware of the fact that there was a, such, such, such a bioweapons industry when uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Leonard Hor Horowitz published a book called Emerging Viruses in 1996. 
Emerging Viruses, AIDS and Ebola, Natural or Intentional. That was the title of the book. And in this academic treatise, and he's a virologist and a vaccinologist, he proved that AIDS and Ebola are manufactured uh, viruses uh, engineered in a laboratory. His academic treatise has stood the test of time. It has never been refuted. And, and we know that uh, the way academics stand and fall is on being presented and refuted. This has never been refuted. And the genetic bioweapons industry is the most covert industry on planet Earth, but it exists. I would like to go further by saying that um, William Cohen, the former U.S. Secretary of State in 1997, Cohen referred to the concept of an ethnic bioweapon as a possible risk. In 1998, some biological weapon experts considered such a genetic weapon plausible. And you know when they say that, it means they've already produced it and they're, they're stockpiling it and That's waiting right. to use it. Uh, and that research was being done on how certain substances can influence human genes. That was 1998. Ten years later, in 2008, the U.S. Government Congressional Committee uh, uh, sat under the, under, under the title, under the label, Genetics and Other Human Modification Technologies. A new kind of arms race, people, a new kind of arms race is happening. And, and somebody and, and in that committee said, there are attempts to manipulate human genetics in ways that would horrify us. And so that was 2008. Let me go a little further and go beyond William Cohen. And we want to introduce you to somebody called Dr. Francis Boyle. Very, very significant gentleman. I think we have a, a photo of Dr. Boyle that we could put up. Dr. Francis Boyle is an international law expert. He's also an, an expert on uh, genetic bioweapons. And he was a gentleman who framed the Anti-Terrorism Act. It's called the Bioweapons Anti-Terrorism Act, or BWATA. It was framed in 1989, signed into law in 1990 by, by President George W. Bush with unanimous approval from the U.S. Senate and the U.S. Congress. And so uh, if there is a, a, a genetic bioweapons anti-terrorism act, it means obviously there must be a genetic bioweapons industry. And uh, I want you to know, people, that on this earth, 22 nations on planet earth have what we call BSL-4 labs. A BSL-4 lab means biosafety level 4. Uh, biosafety level 4 is the highest level of biosafety. And in these labs, they make pathogens, deadly pathogens. Uh, I also want you to know that 16 nations on planet Earth stockpile genetic bioweapons. 16 nations stockpile. They have them in the armory. There's a new arms race going on. And I want to give you a quote from Dr. Francis Boyle. Dr. Francis Boyle, the framer of the Anti-Terrorism Act, says this, uh, international law expert, bioweapons expert, SARS-CoV-2 is an offensive biological warfare agent made in a lab and engineered with gain-of-function properties. He said that in February 2020. I have, I have quoted this in, my, in a documentary I did. It's on YouTube called Watchman What of the Night Part 1, where I, I spell this out very clearly. And he's, he has come to the conclusion, and this is going to shock you. Amen. Uh, put on your seatbelts. This is going to shock you. He has come to the conclusion that SARS-CoV-2 is a tripartite chimera, and it is composed of one, SARS, the original SARS, uh, but, and he says SARS uh, is already weaponized, and then that SARS virus was enhanced by gain-of-function properties, 
and step three, they were all then uh, genetically recombined with an HIV virus. That's the virus that causes AIDS. So a tripartite chimera. If you think I am kidding, I have some notes here that I can refer to. And uh, they, I call them smoking gun one, two, and three. Francis Boyle quoting from an article called Antiviral Research, February 10, 2020, uh, written by three French scientists and one Canadian scientist from Montreal, said the Wuhan, the, the Wuhan coronavirus genetic analysis may provide a gain of function to 2019 novel coronavirus. So the Wuhan coronavirus genetic analysis may provide a gain of function to 2019 novel coronavirus for efficient spreading in human population compared to other beta coronaviruses. He says that is a smoking gun. It was genetically engineered for efficient spreading in human population. Wow. That's recorded. Gain of function, if you don't know what gain of function means, gain of function means genetically engineered to be more lethal, more virulent, more infectious, and to mutate or adapt more readily with slight increases in immune selection pressure from the population. It's also called accelerated viral evolution. And uh, I saw Dr. Gill refer to that in his campaign about, uh, and he used the, 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 the colloquial parlance, just so, viruses don't just so jump from animal to human. Uh, smoking gun number two, UNC, and that's the University of North Carolina, don't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the University of North Carolina labs at Chapel Hill uh, brought a team together to do an experiment. And part of the North Carolina University team was, uh, they were joined by a gentleman from China called Dr. Zheng Li Shi. Dr. Zheng Li Shi. He was from the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Chinese Academy of Sciences. And in fact, Wuhan gave a grant to the University of North Carolina so that scientists could be involved in this, in this experiment. They imported uh, SARS cells, SARS viruses, from, Fort, from the Fort Detrick labs. And for those of you who know geopolitics and covert geopolitics, very necessary for any Bible prophecy teacher or any pastor in this day to know, Amen. Fort Detrick, the Fort Detrick labs are the US's, the US's main BSL-4 labs where they research, stockpile, and test genetic bioweapons. And so, so this team, given a grant uh, by China, uh, were working on, on, on increasing the pathogenicity of the SARS samples that they got from Fort Detrick. Smoking gun number three, uh, research at the Australian Animal Health Lab was funded by the Chinese Ministry of Science and Technology, along with the, the, the other two I mentioned, the Wuhan Institute and the Academy of Sciences from China. And the experimental goal was to coalesce the initial weaponized SARS virus, uh, enhance it with gain-of-function properties, and then coalesce it genetically to an HIV virus. Amen. Therefore, forming the tripartite chimera. And so I'm, I'm listening to you where these experiments took place. Let me go a little further. Smoking gun number four. Indian scientists did an analysis on the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and they said they definitely found elements of the HIV virus in the genomic sequencing. So this was confirmed by a team from India. And uh, let me mention to you that uh, HIV is a retrovirus. Retroviruses use mRNA to inject their stuff into the cell. 
And uh, when the mRNA is injected into the cell, there is something called retrointegration that takes place. And that means that the, the mRNA is converted back into DNA, and then it, it coalesces with the, the chromosomal DNA of the host. Uh, so, so retroviruses like HIV carry an enzyme called reverse transcriptase, which changes mRNA back into DNA so it can coalesce with, the, with the, 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 the genes in your nucleus. This means that when they said it's an mRNA vaccine, and they said it will, it will, it will only go to the ribosomes and form proteins, that's not true. I mean, it, it will be reconverted to, the, to <coughs> DNA and affect your human genome. Wow. wow. So Francis Boyle says this, the most dangerous biological weapon ever released on the public is SARS-CoV-2. Wow. Now, let me go to smoking gun, which number five? Smoking gun five? Smoking gun number five. Fauci's emails. Wow. Fauci's emails say this. Uh, well, first of all, we must note Fauci's vacillations. When, when he was called, when recently he was called to testify to the U.S. Congressional Committee, uh, and this is all on video record, he said no, U.S. taxpayers did not fund the Wuhan laboratory. Then he said yes, U.S. taxpayers did fund the, the, the laboratory, but it was a sub-grant. Then he said we funded it, but there was no gain-of-function research. Then he said we did fund it. Uh, there was gain-of-function research, but it was but it was a sound scientific decision. Jesus. Then he said it would have been negligent not to fund it. So he kept he kept vacillating back and forth. And I said this is all on record. Let me go further to another one of Fauci's emails. This is from Dr. Christian Anderson, and I'm proving to you that SARS is, that that SARS-CoV-2 is a genetic bioweapon. Dr. Christian Anderson in an email, a, a, a secret email that was unearthed when Fauci's emails were exposed, he said the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So no one has to look, re so one has to look really closely at the sequence to see that some features look engineered. Wow. Smoking gun number six. Hmm. Further. This is the same guy, Dr. Christian Anderson, writing in an email to Dr. Fauci. Further, I should mention that after discussions with Eddie, Bob, and Mike, called, uh, his fellow virologists, we all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. This is what Dr. Gill was referring to. The way a virus normally evolves, this virus didn't look like that. So they found, number one, the virus looked engineered, and it, was in, it looked inconsistent with evolutionary theory. Wow. So, beloved, uh, this, this states very clearly that, uh, that SARS-CoV-2 is a genetic bioweapon. And uh, let's go to Charles Leiber. Charles Leiber was the, is the head of biology and the head of chemical biology at Harvard University. He was. And this guy used to train graduate Chinese students. Yes, that's him up on the screen. Uh, he used to train, train graduate Chinese students in his lab. He's a microbiologist of the highest note. And he has received over $15 million in defense contracts from the United States government to do just that, create, create genetic bioweapons. Uh, two, of his, two of his students were arrested at the Logan International Airport in December 2019, smuggling 21 vials of sensitive biological material to Wuhan, China. Wow. Amen. Charles Leiber himself was arrested by the FBI on January 28, 2020 for espionage with China. He was their consultant and, the, and actually was a hands-on builder of the BSL-4 lab in Wuhan, China. 
China has won the Lux DSL4 lab. It was built by Charles Liber through his consultancy. He was paid 150 million US dollars to do that and had a salary of 50,000 US a month from China. Amen. And wow. so it has become very clear that SARS-CoV-2 is not a Kung Fu virus or a Chinese virus, as some people say. It was, it was due to Anglo-Asian complicity. Amen. Liber's involvement actually goes much deeper than I mentioned, but that's not for this paper. I will skip um, at this point. I have, I have talked extensively about vaccine types and uh, a num uh, mass, uh, 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 mass vaccination at the time of uh, a pandemic. But I'm just going to hit on one thing quickly before I, I go to my final point. Yes, I want you to understand that um, the vaccine types that are on the market, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and Johnson & Johnson are all genetic vaccines. They are mRNA and viral vector vaccines that will affect your human genome. They are not normal. Amen. The normal vaccines that I got when I was a child and my children got when I was an adult, amen, are, are attenuated or inactivated virus vaccines. And these vaccines are new technology, never before been deployed in the human population. They are tools of gene therapy or Frankenstein, Frankenstein technology, as some people call it, amen, a mystery concoction. Amen. And they are not normal. Therefore, don't, and I hear doctors on television conflating the two types of vaccines. They are tools of gene therapy. If SARS-CoV-2 is a bioweapon, then the code of the spike protein for SARS-CoV-2 injected into you, you're having a bioweapon injected into you. And the spike protein, I won't go into the, the, the scientific details right now, but the spike protein is pathogenic and it will, dis, it will damage you. Uh, Dr. Sukarit Bagli says it's a thrombogenic, the vaccine is a thrombogenic vaccine. And he warns of neural venal thrombosis and he warns of the decimation of the human population. Mass uh, vaccination at the time of high, at a time of high infectious pressure. That means at the time, uh, thank you, at the time when the when the, 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 there is the pandemic is at its height, that that causes it fuels a phenomenon known to all virologists. I heard a virologist on television, TV6 News last night mentioned this, and uh, called viral immune escape. And in a nutshell, viral immune escape is this. When you put a virus under pressure through a mass vaccination program, the, vac the vaccine-induced antibodies will stand up against the COVID-19 virus and, and fight it. And so the virus is on the run. Once a virus gets on the run, remember this virus is a, is a virus that especially, uh, it has gain-of-function properties. Yes. You put it under pressure, it changes. Right. It shifts. It changes its cloak. It looks different. Wow. Amen. It becomes a variant. And, and the variant cannot be stopped by the vaccine-induced antibodies. Vaccine-induced antibodies also shut down your innate immune system. Mm. So the vaccinated have vaccine-induced antibodies that cannot stop a variant, and then it's all, they also shut down your innate immune system so variants can come straight through and infect those who are vaccinated. That is viral immune escape. And that says that the vaccinated are defenseless against variants. Jeez. This is no longer a pandemic of COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2. This is a pandemic of variants. Amen. And there is something called recombination. Listen to me carefully. Why aren't our virologists telling us this? Amen. Uh, recombination means that a vaccinated host can be infected by more than one variant at one time. Oh, big deal. Delta variant is in Trinidad. You heard that? Amen. Well, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough says, uh, they don't have enough letters in the Greek alphabet to name the variants. 
Amen. Ooh. In fact, there are over 100 variants already floating around all over the globe. Some, some put it as 185. If a vaccinated host is infected, uh, co-infected by more than one variant, the variants, when they get inside their little party and they mix and they change DNA and they, they camouflage and they, 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 they mix their DNA, the recombinant DNA technology takes place and it produces a super variant. Yeah. Amen. And if super variants are produced, nothing can stop them. And already they are saying that the, I think the latest variant to come out is, is, is vaccine resistant. Well, this is just the beginning. Dr. Su uh, Dr. Gert van den Bosch warns, he said, if we do not immediately stop mass vaccination campaigns all around the world, the world will experience an international catastrophe of mass mortality. I didn't say that. He did. The vaccinated are a threat to us all. However, amen, we must, we, we must treat the vaccinated kindly, right. amen, with, with, with great empathy, amen, with prayer, amen, and, 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 and with humanity and love, amen. Thank you, my brother. Amen. So, so no discrimination against the vaccinated. Amen. So, yes, yes, amen. So let me just close by saying this. Uh, let, let me mention also antibody-dependent enhancement, which is an autoimmune situation that, help, that also uh, is surface, surfaces during mass vaccination. And I'm going to just piggyback and uh, uh, do a kind of uh, uh, add-on to some of the things that Bishop Gill said. I'm gonna, this section is called Follow the Money, and it's going to be quick. The pharmaceutical industry benefited from a law, the resurgence of a law called the DTC law, direct-to-consumer law, that, was put, that, that became very prevalent in 1997. It allowed pharmaceutical companies to, uh, to, to, to advertise prescription drugs directly through mass media to, the, to their customers and consumers. This changed the game because it, it meant that the pharmaceutical industry could pour millions and millions of dollars into the media. And uh, therefore, they effectively owned the media and controlled the media. The pharmaceutical industries also uh, control the WHO, as Dr. Gill mentioned. In fact, 60 to 7 percent of the funding of the World Health Organization comes from the pharmaceutical industries. But that's not all. The pharmaceutical industries also contain the, control the U.S. legislature, the medical research uh, journals, medical research journals. You can't publish nothing unless they approve. Even the scientific journals, the medical schools where doctors are trained are controlled by the pharmaceutical industry. And now they have come home to us, even, even onto our own shores, where they have co-opted control of national governments, uh, public health authorities, medi the medical fraternity, the media, the business sector, and I'm sorry to say, the ecclesiastical leaders as well. Amen. So I want you to know that uh, the elected, the elite, and the ecclesiastics have, have, have struck hands together, Jesus. and they have decided they're going to vaccinate the entire world, and that's what we are, suf that's what we are suffering from. Amen. Uh, so, so, so we, we, Trinidad and Tobago, we are not following the real science. This is the real science, mm -hmm. amen? And this real science is being suppressed and censored, right. amen? We are effectively following the dictates of the pharmaceutical companies, yeah. amen? In other words, we're not following, we're not following the science, we're following the money, right. amen? And, 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 and I am shocked That's to see, right. I, I see giants in the church world falling yeah. because, they are, you know, it is a funny thing for the, the state to control the medical apparatus of a nation. Wow. Yeah. If the state dictates to the medical apparatus what to do, if they dictate to the business owners what to do, if they dictate to the churches what to do, are we still in a democracy? 
Mm. Are we still in a democracy? Have we crossed, crossed the line? And this is my last submission. Let me close with this. This is the death graph. By the way, um, Francis Boyle calls BSL4 Labs uh, 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 death factories. He calls that work death science. 13,000 U.S. scientists work in that field. 13,000. Here's a death graph. I want to use as my pivotal date, a date that the Prime Minister will remember very well. Tuesday, the 6th of April, 2021. That was the day on which Dr. Keith Christopher Rowling uh, was supposed to be vaccinated, but he came down uh, so sad with COVID a COVID-19 infection. But April 6, 2021 is also the day that the, the public mass vaccination campaign in Trinidad and Tobago was implemented. It started. I want to use that as a central point. If I go back to March 2020, between March 2020 and April 6, 2021, 145 people died in Trinidad and Tobago. 145. Yes. And uh, uh, then, using April 6, 2021 again as a, as, a, as a key point, from April 6, 2021 to August 13th, that's yesterday, because I only have figures up to yesterday, to August 13th, 2021, that's four months, 1,022 people have died. 1022. 22 people have died uh, in four months, as opposed to 145 people. So when the vaccine, public vaccination campaign started, a death spike began. And in, 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 in a few months, uh, uh, 1,022 people died. 14% of people died before the vaccine. 86% of the people wow. died after the vaccine. And Gerd van den Bosch, in his model, he predicts that this is what would happen. Exactly. And it's happening in 90% of the countries all over the world. Right. Amen. That, that, it means that the vaccines are causing the death spike. Let me say it again. The vaccines are causing the death spike. The, the, the vaccinated are the spike. Amen. Which is why our public health authorities cannot release the data and the Look statistics to Look show this the graph, deaths folks. of the vaccinated. One doctor tried, and I haven't seen her since. <laughs> On your screen, that graph, you see, you, you see that spike at the end of the graph? At, 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 where, am I, where I'm sitting on the right-hand side of the graph, it may be opposite for you. A spike, the bottom of that spike, the bottom of that hill is April 6th. April 6, 2021. From that point on, the spike just keeps going up. That graph has never been shown on a COVID briefing. What they do is they present segmented, compartmentalized graphs of different facets, but they never show you. This, this, is, this is the master graph. This linear graph of deaths is the master graph. It's still rising, people, since the vaccination rollout. I close by saying this. Amen. Uh, Noah and his family resisted the whole world. Amen. Uh, and standing against the evil of their day. Come on. Amen. Daniel. Daniel. And Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. <laughs> Amen. Stood against an empire and won. Come on, somebody. Esther changed the command of a king by her faith and her prayer. Amen. So I want to encourage all you Christians out there. You think you're fighting a Goliath? Amen. Well, David defeated Goliath. In my Bible, David defeated Goliath. Amen. Don't worry about the size of your opponent. Bother about the size of your God. Amen. God, is, God will prevail. I optimistically submit to you, prophetically submit to you, that this, this house, this international house of cards will crumble. There's going to be an international scandal. And all those who were aiding and abetting it will find themselves in trouble. There is still time. There is still time for you to change your stance. God bless you. Love you with the love of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. What a pep talk.
And I, you know, he seemed to give a prophetic word right at the end there. So I th I'm hoping that it comes true, that uh, it says in Scripture that everything that's done in secret will have light shed upon it, and everything that's said in secret will be shouted from the housetops. So anyway, I hope that that happens and pray that that happens. Um, it's amazing. This this guy was, I watched this yesterday or day before, I think, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is I got to present this to my audience. So um, I don't know who to give credit to for this. Uh, I will give it to, because um, it looks like it was a live uh, conference that went on. Uh, TT response, maybe the one, uh, uh, definitely the doctor, uh, Dr. Michael McDowell. Uh, very, very good man. Uh, blessed man. And we'll receive a blessed reward in our kingdom of heaven when we get there. So thank you, Dr. McDowell. Okay, now we're going to go to another one. This is, um, I believe it's Mike Wallace. I think I have it in that order. Um, doing an interview of a lady, uh, and maybe more people, I don't know. But she received the vaccine in, um, not this vaccine, but the vaccine for swine flu back in the 1970s and came down with guillain Barr syndrome and Gal Barr syndrome Barr syndrome is one of the um, <clears throat> one of the things you can get from the flu vaccine okay especially that flu vaccine now that flu vaccine if I'm not mistaken is closely related to uh, the SARS well it is the SARS vaccine yeah and um, just the variant this uh, current day is SARS COVID-2 Okay, and even the common cold is a SARS vaccine. So, um, anyway, with that in mind, uh, let's look at what happened back in the 70s. Now, this woman sued the government, and I didn't watch the video through enough to see how much she got from the government. We'll find that out together. Maybe it'll be surprising. Um, let's watch it and see exactly what happened. But this is kind of a this video is kind of a harbinger. Had had it been more. Um, around more and people seen it more, maybe we would understand what's going on with COVID uh, and the vaccine for COVID, the mRNA vaccines or the uh, virus vector vaccines also. So like a good doctor here said that they're, they're all genetic altering vaccines. So, you know, there's too many people saying that they're generic altering vaccines for it to be just a fluke. For it to be a fancy of somebody that came up with it. No, these people study this stuff. They look at the data that comes out of labs. They look at all the stuff that you and I would would think of um, looks like the drawing on a blackboard in a in a um, physics class, you know. But um, they get to study this stuff and look at it and make decisions based on the the, the base facts that they find. And uh, so let's go to this next video. And uh, okay, here we go. The flu season is upon us. Which type will we worry about this year? And what kind of shots will we be told to take? Remember the swine flu scare of 1976? That was the year the U.S. government told us all that swine flu could turn out to be a killer that could spread across the nation. And Washington decided that every man, woman, and child in the nation should get a shot to prevent a nationwide outbreak. A Sound familiar? <laughs> well, 46 million of us obediently took the shot. And now 4,000 Americans are claiming damages from Uncle Sam amounting to $3.5 billion because of what happened when they took that shot. By far the greatest number of the claims, two-thirds of them, 
are for neurological damage or even death, allegedly triggered by the flu shot. We pick up the story back in 1976 when the threat posed by the swine flu virus seemed very real indeed. This virus was the cause of a pandemic in 1918 and 1919 that resulted in over half a million deaths in the United States, as well as 20 million deaths around the world. See how easy it is to... Thus, the U.S. government's publicity machine was cranked into action to urge all America to protect itself against... Hey, i got to pause this for a second. You see that machine he's using? The air injector? Okay. I got a little story about that. Um, they don't use those anymore, right? Uh, they may still use them in the military. I don't know, but you don't see them like you see them here where normal um, everyday citizens are getting it. And one of the reasons I believe is that, you see, he's not changing anything. He's going from one patient to another, just injecting. And we know that people have, you know, bacteria on them and they have, people have different diseases and stuff. Well, my uncle went into the um, into the Marine Corps back in the um, must have been the early 1970s, late 60s, early 70s, and um, there there are very reasons why people think that he got hepatitis C. But his 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 excuse or his reason was that when he was going in, they had a shot machine just like this, okay. And he said that the guy in front of him or somebody in front of him had hepatitis C and that some blood had been on that apparatus that they're using. And so it transferred the hepatitis C to him because hepatitis C is bloodborne and it can only be transferred that way. Um, so the fact that they were using this, I think, uh, was probably responsible for not just the, what did he say, 4,000 deaths or something, probably for a lot more because it transferred diseases that, uh, normally wouldn't have been transferred from one person to another, bloodborne diseases. Now, this is before AIDS, way before AIDS came out. And uh, so basically the only things that were going around were uh, the flu and, and other uh, things that we see today as being non, <laughs> non-important, although the flu is very important. Um, so just to, to show you and to give you a little story about that little machine there, um, it did more harm than good. And you notice they don't use them anymore. So anyway, let's go. Let's continue. Against the swine flu menace. Influenza is serious business. During major flu epidemics, millions of people are sick and thousands die. Well, this year you can get protection. The vaccines are safe, easy to take, and they can protect you against flu. So roll up your sleeve. Protect yourself. One of those who did roll up her sleeve was Judy Roberts. She was perfectly healthy, an active woman, when in November of 1976, she took her shot. Two weeks later, she says, she began to feel a numbness starting up her legs. I joked about it at that time. I said, I'll be numb to the knees by Friday if this keeps up. By the following week, I was totally paralyzed. So completely paralyzed, in fact, that they had to operate on her to enable her to breathe. And for six months, Judy Roberts was a quadriplegic. The diagnosis? A neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS for short. These neurological diseases are little understood. They affect people in different ways. As you can see in these home movies taken by a friend, Judy Roberts' paralysis confined her mostly to a wheelchair for over a year. But this disease can even kill. Indeed, there are 300 claims now pending from the families of GBS victims who died 
allegedly as a result of the swine flu shot. Poor woman. In other GBS victims, the crippling effects diminish and all but disappear. But for Judy Roberts, progress back to good health has been painful and partial. Now, I notice that your smile, Judy, is a little bit constricted. Yes, it is. Is it different from what it used to be? Very different. I have uh, a greatly decreased mobility in my lips. And uh, I can't drink through a straw on the right-hand side. I can't blow out birthday candles. Uh, I don't whistle anymore, for which my husband is grateful. It may be a little difficult for you to answer this question, but have you recovered as much as you are going to recover? Yes, this, this is it. So you will now have a legacy of braces on your legs for the rest of your life? Yes, the weakness in my hands will stay and the leg braces will stay. So Judy Roberts and her husband have filed a claim against the U.S. government. They're asking $12 million, though they don't expect to get nearly that much. Judy, why did you take the flu shot? I'd never taken any other flu shots, but I felt like this was going to be a major epidemic. And the only way to prevent a major epidemic of a, a really deadly variety of flu was for everybody to be immunized. Where did this so-called deadly... Does it sound familiar, folks? <laughs> it's like it's replaying all over again. You know, oh, you know, you can prevent the COVID-19 virus but by being inoculated, by receiving the vaccine. Well, it didn't do her a bunch of bunch of good and i don't think it did a lot of people a bunch of good I, a lot of times they pick the wrong variant you know and uh when they're making the vaccine and it doesn't help that matter of fact that's the case most of the time you'll hear that the vaccine the flu vaccine has a certain percentage chance of of actually taking care of the virus that's circulating around the country or around the world that was the case maybe uh then and today but um anyway it's i don't know the same story all over again the government told them, now the government didn't force them like they're doing today, but the government told them what to do, that they needed to do it, that they'd be good citizens if they did it, and, which makes you automatically think you'd be a bad citizen if you didn't do it, right? Uh, so they did it to be patriotic Americans and to help uh, fight the uh, the swine flu, and look what happened. And uh, I remember back then, swine flu was, was pretty prevalent, and... Uh, you know, the, 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 I don't even think I got the flu vaccine that year, but, um, you know, it didn't seem to help a lot of people. And that's all I remember. But uh, anyway, the government said to do it. A lot of people believe the government as they do today. And uh, a lot of people suffered because they believe the government. So and these are just the people that found out that they could sue the government. How many people didn't know that and uh, and suffered different um physiological and mental uh, damage because of uh, one stupid vaccine. You know, back then, I, I'm pretty sure you could sue the vaccine companies, too. Well, now you can't. So anyway, I'll continue and I'll shut up. Here we go. The variety of flu, where did it first hit back in 1976? It began right here at Fort Dix in New Jersey in January of that year when a number of recruits began to complain of respiratory ailments, something like the common cold. An army doctor here sent samples of their throat cultures to the New Jersey Public Health Lab to find out just what kind of bug was going around here. One of those samples was from a Private David Lewis who had left his sickbed to go on a forced march. Private Lewis had collapsed on that march, and his sergeant had revived him by mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. But the sergeant showed no signs of illness. A few days later...
Private Lewis died. If this disease is so potentially fatal that it's going to kill a young... I got to stop it again. You notice that his sergeant gave him mouth to mouth and never came down with it. Okay, so it shows that it was virulent for some people and not virulent for others. Therefore, people that were not susceptible to getting it, uh, much like the uh, the, the COVID-19 today, um, shouldn't need to get a vaccine. Okay, but, you know, the government thinks it knows better, as it did back then, too, right? Here we go. Unhealthy man, middle-aged school teacher, doesn't have a prayer. The New Jersey lab identified most of those soldiers' throat cultures as the normal kind of flu virus going around that year, but they could not make out what kind of virus was in the culture from the dead soldier and from four others who were sick. So they sent those cultures to the Federal Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, for further study. A few days later, they got the verdict, swine flu. But that much-publicized outbreak of swine flu at Fort Dix involved only Private Lewis, who died, and those four other soldiers who recovered completely without the swine flu shot. If I had known at that time that the boy had been in a sickbed, got up, went out on a forced march, and then collapsed and died, I would never have taken the shot. The rationale for our recommendation was not on the basis of this guy's the death a scumbag. Of a single individual, but it was on the basis that when we do see a change in the characteristics of the influenza virus, it is a massive uh, public health problem in this country. Dr. David Sensor, then head of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, is now in private industry. He devised the swine flu program, and he pushed it. You began to give flu shots to the American people in October of 76. October 1st. By that time, how many cases of swine flu around the world had been reported? There had been uh, several reported, but none confirmed. There had been cases in... Uh, uh, Australia that were reported by the press, uh, by the news media. There were cases in... Uh, None confirmed. Did you ever uncover any other outbreaks of swine flu anywhere in the world? No. Now, nearly everyone was to receive the shot in a public health facility where a doctor might not be present. Therefore, it was up to the CDC to come up with some kind of official consent form, giving the public all the information it needed about the swine flu shot. This form stated that the swine flu vaccine had been tested. What it didn't say was that after those tests were completed, the scientists developed another vaccine. And that was the one given to most of the 46 million who took the shot. That vaccine was called X53A. Was X53A ever field tested? Uh, I, I can't say I would have to. Uh, it wasn't. I don't know. I would think that you're in charge of the program. I would have to check uh, the records. I haven't uh, looked at this in some time. The information form, the consent form, was also supposed to warn people about any risks of serious complications following the shot. But did it? No, I had never heard of any reactions other than a sore arm, fever, this sort of thing. Judy Roberts' husband, Gene, also took the shot. Yes, I looked at that document. I signed it. Nothing on there said I was going to have a heart attack or I get Guillain-Barre, which I never heard of. What if people from the government, from the Center for Disease Control, what if they had indeed known about it? What would be your feeling? They should have told us. Did anyone ever come to you and say, you know something, fellas? 
there's the possibility of neurological damage if you get into a mass immunization program. No. No one ever did? No. Do you know Michael Hatwick? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dr. Michael Hatwick directed the surveillance team for the swine flu program at the CDC. His job was to find out what possible complications could arise from taking the shot and to report his findings to those in charge. Did you know ahead of time, Dr. Hatwick, that there had been case reports of neurological disorders, neurological illness, apparently associated with the injection of influenza vaccine? Absolutely. You did? Yes. How'd you know that? By review of the literature. So you told your superiors, the men in charge of the swine flu immunization program, about the possibility of neurological disorders? Absolutely. What would you say if I told you that your superiors say that you never told them about the possibility of neurological complications? That's nonsense. I can't believe that they would say that they did not know that there were neurological illnesses associated with influenza vaccination. That simply is not true. We did know that. I've said that Dr. Hatwick had never told me of uh, his feelings on this subject. Uh, and he's lying. I guess you would have to um, make that assumption. Then why does this report from your own agency, dated July 1976, list neurological complications as a possibility? I think the uh, consensus of uh, the scientific community was that the evidence relating neurologic disorders to influenza immunization uh, was such that they did not feel that this association was a real one. You didn't feel it was necessary to tell the American people that information? Uh, I think that uh, over the, the years we have tried to inform the American people as, as fully as possible. As part of informing Americans about the swine flu threat, Dr. Sensor's CDC also helped create the advertising to get the public to take the shot. Let me read to you from one of your own agencies memos planning the campaign to urge Americans to take the shot. The swine flu vaccine has been taken by many important persons, he wrote. Example, President Ford, Henry Kissinger, Elton John, Muhammad Ali, Mary Tyler Moore, Rudolph Nureyev, Walter Cronkite, Ralph Nader, Edward Kennedy, etc., etc. True? Uh, I'm not familiar with that particular piece of paper, uh, but I do know that at least of that group, President Ford did take the vaccination. Did you talk to these people beforehand to find out if they planned to take the shot? I did not know. Did anybody? I do not know. Did you get permission to use their names in your campaign? I do not know. Mary, did you take a swine flu shot? No, I did not. Did you give them permission to use your name saying that you had or were going to? Absolutely not. Never did. Did you ask your own doctor about taking the swine flu shot? Yes, and at the time he thought it might be a good idea. Um... But I resisted it because I was leery of having the symptoms that sometimes go with that kind of inoculation. So you didn't? No, I didn't. Have you spoken to your doctor since? Yes. And? He's delighted that I didn't take that shot. You're in charge. Somebody's in charge. There are... This is your advertising strategy that I have a copy of here. Who's it signed by? This one is unsigned. But you, you'll acknowledge that it was your baby, so to speak. It uh, could have been from the uh, Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. It could be from CDC. I don't know. I'll be happy to take uh, responsibility for it. It's been three years now since you fell ill with GBS, right? Right. 
Has the federal government, in your estimation, played fair with you about your claim? No, I don't think so. Uh, it seems to be dragging on and on and on. And really, no end in sight that I can see at this point. With respect to the cases of Guillaume Barre, allegedly... Former Secretary of H.E.W. Joseph Califano, too, was disturbed that there was no end in sight. So a year and a half ago, he promised that Uncle Sam would cut the bureaucratic red tape for victims suffering from GBS and would pay up quickly. We shouldn't hold them to an impossible or too difficult standard of proving that they were hurt. Even if we pay a few people a few thousand dollars that might not have deserved it, I think justice requires that we promptly pay those people who do deserve it. Who's making the decision to be so hard-nosed about settling? Well, I assume the uh, Justice Department is. Griffin uh, Bell, before he left? Well, the Justice Department agreed to the statement I made. It was cleared word for word uh, with the lawyers in the Justice Department by my HEW lawyers. And that statement said, in effect... That, that statement said that we should pay uh, Guillaume Barre claims without regard to whether the federal government was negligent if they, re if they resulted from the swine flu shot. I think the government knows it's wrong. If it drags out long enough, that people will just give up. <laughs> Let it go. I, I am a little more adamant in my thoughts than my wife is because uh, I asked, told Judy to take the shot. She wasn't going to take it, and uh, she never had had shots. And uh, I'm mad with my government because they knew the facts, but they didn't release those facts because they, if they had released them, the people wouldn't have taken And they can come out tomorrow and tell me there's going to be an epidemic and they can drop off like flies to me. I will not take another shot that my government tells me to take. Meantime, Judy Roberts and some 4,000 others like her are still waiting for their day in court. Okay, folks, uh, that's pretty interesting, huh? <clears throat> if you ever have to sue the government, <laughs> they might take a while. But um, they willingly knew that there was a problem with the vaccine but still told people to take it. And that, I don't want to be nice here. That, well, he's probably a Democrat. So that jackass, because, you know, that's their symbol, um, up in the uh, Center for Disease Control, which is our big fly in the ointment these days, um, still a fly in the ointment, uh, passed it off and let it go out without um, without giving people the proper informed consent and that's wrong. I'm sorry. Informed consent is so important. Uh, maybe by now, that, well, I thought by now they'd realize it, but I don't see a conformed, uh, <laughs> informed consent uh, with this this um, stupid COVID-19 mRNA vaccines and the vector vaccines either. You know, it's like, okay, well, the government said it's okay, and the CDC said it's okay, so go ahead and take it, you know. And the poor sheeple that, that do it, I feel bad for them, you know. Now, there's some people that got it because they had a conviction that, you know, they wanted to be safe around their relatives. And, um, you know, I've heard from more people that said, you know, they have grandchildren, little babies, and they didn't want to give it to them. And that's altruistic. That's 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 empathic. You know, that's, that's watching out for another person. And I believe God will honor that, you know, uh, and keep those people safe. And, uh you know, my family was the same way. They, two of the people in my family that I know of anyway um, took it. One, because she wanted to be able to travel to see her mother. 
and the other one because she's eight in her eighties and she wanted to be able to protect her friends. You know, she likes going to church and she likes going shopping and stuff like that. And she saw it best to get it because she didn't want to infect other people, but you know, and that's good. And those, those were decisions that they made on their own. And I know the one, the younger one who wanted to travel, she really researched it, you know, and at the time she researched it, there wasn't all this negative stuff that was out there. Um, although it was starting to come out at the time and I tried to warn her about it, but you know, she made her decision and uh, like all the decisions that we make, we make them when we have to live with them. And, but you know, I, I pray for these two people, you know, at least these two people all the time, pray for a whole bunch of people that have taken this um, poison into their bodies. But, um, it's it's just important to to be gracious, you know, to like the pastor said or the, the doctor said in the first video, you know, we got to love the people that took the vaccine, even if they're shedders, even if they're giving it to other people without their even knowing it, you know, and there's more and more evidence to show that they are shedding the vaccine. And <clears throat> there's more and more evidence to prove that if they got the vaccine, it's made them more susceptible to the variants and the variants the doctors said were uh, caused by the the virus being put under pressure. But I think the virus had a little help, actually. (laughs) I think they're continuing to make these variants and to release them out into the public. That way they keep the populace under control. You know, my goodness, don't believe the government, okay? Use common sense. God gave all of us common sense. Well, most of us anyway. So use it, you know. (laughs) The government says it. You know, you should be suspect right away that they're lying, okay? Because <laughs> that's what this government does nowadays. They lie about everything. And they've lied for a very long time. And, uh, well, anyway, let's play this last video. Um, all these doctors that you see, all the, the three rows, they're all in this video. and all, Some of them do not speak English. Uh, there's, I think, two or three that um, that speak their native tongue. And I will try... I don't know how successful I'll be because a lot of the times the, the the closed captioning is very fast. So I think I'm just going to shine on. Uh, maybe somebody from that language uh, will be able to see it and, uh, you know, and, and to be able to get more from it than, uh, than they can from English. So um, anyway, let's go ahead and start this and then um, then we'll go from there. Okay. My name is Andrew Kaufman. I'm a medical doctor and board-certified forensic psychiatrist. This pandemic is not a real medical pandemic. The COVID-19 vaccine is not proven safe or effective because there has not been enough time. In addition, there is not a clear definition of any new disease for which it can be tested against. There has not been a virus that has been purified or shown to be the cause of an illness. Thus, there is no target for a vaccine. However, the bottom line is that since no additional deaths have occurred in relation to a new disease, there's simply no need for a new vaccine. Hi, my name is Hilda Smets. I'm a Belgian medical doctor, and I'd like to say that a new COVID-19 vaccine is not safe and that there is no global medical pandemic. For almost 20 years, the pharmaceutical industry has been trying to develop corona vaccines, but never managed because they saw in the animal trials that there were serious side effects, autoimmune disorders, 
when the animal was exposed to a new wild-type virus. These autoimmune disorders are comparable with the complications we have seen in some COVID-19 patients. Now, due to the excuse of a global pandemic, the pharma industry has the permission to skip the animal trials. This means that we humans will be the guinea pigs and we might get severe side effects when we are exposed to new viruses. My name is Nils Hosse. I'm a medical doctor in Bergen, Norway. The COVID-19 vaccine has not been proven safe and effective. It's a new technology and it's been tested on a few thousands of people in a few months. Please do your own research. This is not a real medical pandemic. The death rates in Norway are not higher than on average year. Dr. Elizabeth Evans, retired doctor and co-founder of the UK Medical Freedom Alliance. The COVID-19 vaccines are not proven to be safe or effective. We believe that it is reckless and unnecessary to roll out these essentially experimental vaccines that are using a completely new mRNA technology to millions of people when there is only limited short-term safety data, no evidence that they will prevent transmission of the virus, and no long-term safety data to rule out late-onset negative effects like autoimmune diseases, infertility, and cancers. This is Dr. Mohammed Adel from United Kingdom. I am fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons of UK and consultant surgeon. I have been working for the National Health Services for the last 30 years with unblemished record. I am chairman of the Global Nigerian Organization, All Pakistan Medical Association UK, and recently we have developed World Doctors Alliance in collaboration with thousands of health professionals across the world. Recently we had a very successful webinar which has been viewed by millions of people across the world. I am standing for the cause of the humanity, especially in the current situation of the devastating effect due to coronavirus and its restriction imposed on the public. Many thanks. Doctors aren't allowed to question COVID-19 in public. Material containing the truth about the alleged disease and the vaccine is banned. In the last year, I've been demonized and lied about and a 50-year career and reputation trashed by those promoting a pandemic that never was and a vaccine that was never needed. The whole COVID-19 scam is, as I said in March 2020, the greatest hoax in history. The principle of informed consent is essential in medicine, but patients now having vaccines can't give informed consent because they aren't being informed. Thank heavens for sites such as Brand YouTube, which carry uncensored videos by doctors who've been censored or banned elsewhere. My name is Professor Dolores Cahill. I'm a molecular biologist and an immunologist. And we have good news. The coronavirus and the lockdown was not as severe as was thought. We know that we can treat uh, the symptoms of COVID-19 very successfully with vitamins D, C and zinc and with very safe medicines. Um, so therefore, the lockdown and the measures like quarantining, social distancing and masks were not necessary. And also a vaccine is then also not necessary. There has never been a licensed RNA vaccine. And this is not because there have been many clinical trials, but that in the safety studies, there was significant adverse events and death in the animals that were used in these studies over the past 20 years. My name is Zach Cox. I'm a holistic dentist and a homeopath. I'm a founder member of the World Doctors Alliance. I believe 
about the pandemic is fundamentally over and was so in the summer. I also firmly believe that there is no long-term safety data on any of the COVID vaccines. This means that they are essentially experimenting on us, which is against the Nuremberg Code. I will not be taking the vaccine. Hello, I'm Dr. Anna Forbes. I'm a UK medical doctor here representing the UK Medical Freedom Alliance. This is a growing body of doctors, scientists, academics and lawyers. We believe that there has been an overestimation of the public health risk from SARS-CoV-2 due to misrepresentation of data and inappropriate use of the PCR test. We call for the preservation of informed consent, medical choice and bodily autonomy. As doctors, we believe this is absolutely crucial to maintain. Thank you. I am uh, Ralph uh, Sandberg, uh, MD, PhD, uh, former associate uh, professor uh, in transplant surgery at Karolinska Institute. Uh, my opinion of uh, uh, this coronavirus crisis is that uh, the PCR test uh, it, it is inaccurate. Uh, it, it actually uh, um, causes uh, so many false positives. So we are scared uh, to vaccination and I don't trust this vaccine. My name is Dr. Johan Dennis from Belgium. The corona vaccine is not proven safe or effective. There is no medical emergency. It is a fake pandemic. The coronavirus is in terms of harmfulness, mortality and transmissibility comparable to a seasonal flu. And I can only reject the extreme disproportionate measures that are taken by our governments. There is no emergency situation. It was all orchestrated to make you fearful enough to take the vaccine. This vaccine is just not proven safe. It has been developed too quickly. We have no idea what the long-term effects will be. It needs much more investigation. There is no hurry or emergency. It might possibly change your DNA. This is irreversible and irreparable for all future generations. An experiment on humanity. I would never give it to myself my patients or my loved ones. We are no guinea pigs. There is nanotechnology present in this vaccine. Nanobots in hydrogels have been developed for military purposes. There are strong indications it could make you a controllable puppet by means of your own smartphone connected with a 5G network and artificial intelligence. In this way, you could lose everything that makes you human. So please inform yourself well before you decide. Very useful information can be found on the website of Robert Kennedy, childrenshealthdefense.org. I bless you all. Hi, I'm Dr. Daniel Cullum, chiropractic physician from Turpin, Oklahoma, USA. This is not a real medical pandemic the world is enduring at this time. The vaccine has not been proven safe or effective, and I will not be taking and or recommending it because there is no safe vaccine, period. My name is Moritz van der Boich. 
I'm working as a journalist in science and medicine, and I'm from Germany. Do not take this vaccine. This vaccine is dangerous. This pandemic is a fraud. My name is Amphid Lafayne. I'm a medical doctor from Belgium, specialized in chronic infectious diseases such as Lyme, Epstein-Barr, molds, etc. The COVID-19 vaccine is not proven safe nor effective. And I think it's unacceptable that all liabilities have been waived for the companies that are producing it. If pharma doesn't take responsibility for the products they make, how can they expect doctors to inject them to their patients without doubt of doing harm? More and more, we see that this is really not a medical pandemic. The measures for corona cause far more collateral damage than the virus causes itself. Worldwide, we see that the numbers of cases are falsely presented in order to drive the population to obedient behavior and to vaccination. So please be critical, do your own research and don't let the media manipulate you. I think it's time to react, time to stand up for your freedom, for the future of your children. Don't give in to anxiety, to polarization, to governmental control and to restriction of your freedom, all under the false pretext of a virus, because that's what's happening. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Cowan, and I just want to remind people that we have to remember that health does not come from the injection of toxins into our bodies, but rather from deciding what it means to be human and pursuing that with all your heart. I'm Dr. Kevin Corbett, a retired registered nurse and health scientist in the United Kingdom. The COVID vaccines are not proven safe or effective. COVID is not a real medical epidemic. The vaccines use synthetic products that will alter your genes, allow monitoring of your vaccination status, and produce dangerous chemical reactions. Scientists are therefore demanding that all COVID vaccinations be immediately stopped. The real epidemic is fear and hysteria. It started in China and quickly spread via the World Health Organization. The hysteria was accelerated by corporations who gained financially through selling fast-tracked, flawed medical tests, toxic antiviral drugs, and now unproven and potentially dangerous vaccines. Standard precautions which normally protect the public have been disregarded due to ignorance, hysteria, and profits. For example, the vaccines have not undergone proper phase three tests. The COVID test, the PCR, is fatally flawed. It was never examined in the standard way by the United Kingdom National Health Service, and it should never have been used on sick people or those with no symptoms. You can read about the flaws in the PCR test at www.cormandrostenreview.com. My name is Dr. Carrie Made. I am an internal medicine physician from the United States of America. I've owned my own clinic, and I've been medical director of two different clinics, as well as being an attending physician for medical students over the last 19 years. I'm here to tell you that there is no worldwide pandemic for COVID-19. We're using testing mechanisms called PCR that have never been indicated or created to diagnose any infection. This is not the way we should be diagnosing. In addition, hospitals and doctors are getting financial incentives to diagnose COVID-19. On top of that, we have multiple lab errors happening around the world over and over, indicating more false positives. On top of that, I am here to tell you that I will not take the COVID-19 vaccine and I will not recommend the COVID-19 vaccine for any of my patients. 
this vaccine is experimental on the human race because they are proposing to use modified messenger RNA or modified DNA synthetic to the human body. This is the first time ever this will ever be launched on the human race. We don't know what, what could happen to us. In addition, they're proposing to use nanolipid technology or nanotechnology on the human race as well. There are so many different awful things that can happen to us, and we need to investigate this before we go forward. This is my alarm call to the world. My name is Dr. Bear Lando, and I've treated many vaccine-damaged children due to the lack of proper testing and the spurious conditions surrounding the alleged pandemic. I would highly caution anyone considering taking the COVID-19 vaccine. I am Kate Shemaroni, natural nurse in a toxic world. Do I believe there is a pandemic? Absolutely not. There's no evidence of that. Do I believe that COVID-19 exists? Absolutely not. It has never been proven. Do I believe that the population need this new COVID-19 dangerous vaccine that's not had the safety trials done and it hasn't ever been done before? Absolutely not. No one needs it. Do I believe that our government should be arrested for possibly genocide? Absolutely. My name's Sam Luna, retired pharmacist, and I live in Norway. The COVID-19 vaccines are not proven safe or effective. I'll focus on just two safety issues. The vaccines carry the risk of immune enhancement. Instead of protecting against infection, the vaccine can actually make the disease worse when a vaccinated person is infected with the virus. Secondly, in the UK, the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency has made an urgent request, quote, the MHRA urgently seeks an artificial intelligence software tool to process the expected high volume of COVID-19 vaccine adverse drug reactions. Mitt namn är Boris Ragin och jag är diplomerad akupunktör från Göteborg. Jag har drivit en privat komplementärmedicinsk klinik i över 40 år. Denna så kallade covid-pandemi är inte en riktig pandemi. Detta är ett globalt angrepp mot våra mänskliga rättigheter, vår frihet och våra samhällen. Man måste vara sprittsprångande galen för att acceptera ett otestat experimentellt vaccin som kommer från en kriminell tillverkare som rusar igenom säkerhetsfasen och profiterar enormt genom att pressa folk att ta det. Tror du verkligen att det finns ett försäkringsbolag någonstans i världen som skulle våga försäkra ett sådant vaccin? Låt våra ledare och alla förespråkare av det här rävgiftet ta det. Hello everybody, my name is Piotr Rubas. I come from Poland. I work as an internist in Germany, currently as honorarius. I strongly disagree to getting vaccinated with this experimental preparation for the <coughs> corona vaccine. Firstly, each and every new vaccine has to undergo a period of clinical trials, which is at least five years. Secondly, why should I expose my body to something unknown due to the virus, which mortality rate is similar to that of seasonal influenza virus? The COVID-19 vaccine is not proven safe or effective. This is not a real medical pandemic. I want you to remember that each one of you, every single one of you, 
independently is a beacon of light for those around you. So set the example, stand up, continue to fight, continue to speak out, especially for your children. Let your children see what it means to be free. Allow your children to witness your heroism and that you are willing to stand up and do what's right, regardless of what's going on around you. Ce n'est pas le principe du vaccin le problème aujourd'hui. Le problème, c'est qu'on essaye de nous faire croire qu'il a été possible en moins d'un an de développer de nouveaux vaccins contre une nouvelle maladie en utilisant en plus dans certains cas de nouvelles technologies adjuvantes et ce à très très large échelle. Donc ce ne va pas être une population ciblée qui va être vaccinée, ça va être à peu près tout ce qui peut être vacciné sur Terre. Or, toute personne qui a travaillé dans le vaccin sait qu'on a besoin de temps pour pouvoir collecter suffisamment de données pour assurer l'efficacité et la sécurité d'un vaccin et en comprendre les tenants et les aboutissants. For the better part of a century, vaccination has relied on corrupt science, propaganda, and systemic suppression of true informed consent. With the COVID vaccine, we reach an inflection point where the truth is available for all to see. Will you trust GMO, pharmaceutical, and 5G subsidizing eugenicist technocrats with your health? Or will you see through their claims to a transhumanist agenda that aims to dispossess you of trust in your body, of any agency around your own life, and even of the fabric of your own humanity. Vaccination is penetration of the body, mind, and spirit by the state. The COVID-19 vaccine is not proven safe or effective. This is not a real medical pandemic. My name is Constantine Pavlidis, and I'm a professor of politics science, a biomedical researcher, and an integrated healthcare practitioner in London. I feel the COVID-19 virus is not a real medical pandemic, And for this reason, the vaccine that is being produced is not proven safe or effective because there are four stages. The latent asymptomatic stage, the developmental stage where there's a manifestation of symptoms, the virus convinces the T cells that it's not an invader and then it hacks into the immune system. And finally, the fourth stage is the decline of the virus's presence where it is undetectable by any test and it's not present in the body liquids. The viral DNA becomes a part of the DNA's host immune cells. So for this reason, no COVID tests are truly accurate and no produced vaccine could be accurate as it tricks the immune system into reacting as if there is a real viral attack, where this triggers monocytes in the attempt to access the immune memory cells. These actions appear as viral symptoms, for example, chronic fatigue, muscular contractions, or mental health disorders ranging from depression to suicidal tendencies. And all of these are, in fact, side effects of the vaccine's influence. Know that when they develop this, it's under the umbrella of the 2005 PrEP Act. They have complete liability protection. You can't sue them, and you have no recourse if this vaccine harms you. They have been trying to develop a coronavirus vaccine since 2002, since we had SARS. And every animal study that they've done, particularly the ferrets, the ferret study, which the ferret's immune system like, it most uh, mimics the uh, human adult immune system, ferret studies, rabbits, and uh, rat studies, all the animals ended up with a paradoxical immune response in which the antibody levels that were very high actually accelerated the infection, made it much worse and allowed the pieces of the virus to go inside of the cell and be incorporated into the DNA of the recipient of that vaccine by a process called transduction. That transduction irreversibly puts that virus, snip of virus into your DNA and transforms your cells. 
Hello, I'm Santa de Poets. I'm a freelance journalist and I represent Children's Health Defense in Europe with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We want to alert you to the fact that the current COVID vaccines are an experimental product based on the injection of genetic material into our cells. And the risk of using these new technologies on humans and the environment are unknown, while they could have irreversible consequences. In April, the Pandemic Accelerator Act of the European Union allowed vaccine producers to have a free pass for safety. And on July 15th, the European Parliament agreed to remove the need of risk evaluation requested under the GMO regulations. That decision was made in 10 days. There were no scientific reports, no hearings in health commission, no debate and no amendments prior to this vote. So Children's Health Defense Europe has asked for the annulment of this decision in the European Court of Justice in Luxembourg. Please share this information as it is extremely important to understand that the current COVID vaccines are not proven safe. Our legislators have abandoned the principle of precaution by putting blind faith in a dangerous experiment. My name is Heitor Santelman. I am a German medical doctor uh, now working in Norway. I have been working with the general practice for 40 years, doing research for 20 years, the last 10 years, especially on vaccines. I have to shout out that this is not a real medical pandemic and the COVID-19 vaccine is not proven to be safe or effective. I agree with the British Medical Journal that the testing is not done honestly. The claimed 90% effect is really only 0.2% if you study the results. I wonder, why did Gates and his conspiracy terrorists spend billions to develop vaccines that can sterilize men, women, and even their unborn children? Uniform and forceful measures, medical measures, are unethical and cannot be implemented on a defenseless population neither as tests nor as vaccines. Any medical intervention, testing, treatment or vaccine can only implement it in an ethical and legal way based on an individual medical consideration, well-informed patient consent and clinical evidence of harmlessness beyond doubt. Thank you. My name is Mikael Nordfors. I'm a medical doctor from Sweden, and I'm working with integrative medicine. And uh, there is no pandemic, and uh, the vaccine is neither safe nor effective. And to give an untested vaccine to entire humanity and use them as guinea pigs is complete madness and nothing else. And we must stop it now. And it's even more madness to give it to children when children don't suffer from COVID-19. Nobody died under the age of 15 in my country so far. And then there's only side effects and risks and costs. And that's a waste of money and waste of human life and safety. So stop it now. And I also bet that there will never be a vaccine as safe and effective as vitamin D that can reduce mortality between 50 and 95%, depending on the level of vitamin D you have in your blood. Thank you very much. Hello, I'm Elder Kerk. I'm a medical doctor from the Netherlands. I have informed myself about the vaccine. And I want to tell you about three things. First of all, this vaccine could be sterilizing women and girls. Secondly, this vaccine could cause a viral interference, a 
priming, uh, and then it can cause a cytokine storm, which is very dangerous for your health, for people. This has been seen in uh, humans and um, animals, animal testing with other coronavaccines. Uh, and then thirdly, this vaccine could change your genetic blueprint, your genetic code, your DNA forever, and we don't know what that's going to bring you. Thank you very much. Inform yourself, protect yourself, protect your children, and look it up. Thank you. I have to look at the credits. Okay. All right, folks, there you have it. <clears throat> I don't think you can have much more evidence <laughs> that uh, this is a bad vaccine. That it, it leads to worse things if you take it. It lowers your immune system that if you take the, especially if you take the booster, my goodness, it's going to wreak havoc on you. Because with a lowered immune system, when they're giving you the the, uh, the booster, they're just injecting more spikes into your body and, and causing your body you know, your body thinks that, <clears throat> or your your new body, I should say, after you've got the vaccine, thinks that it, the spikes is our invader and it just goes nuts and just, uh, you're going to get the, the flu or excuse me, the, <laughs> the same difference, the um, COVID-19 or whatever variant it is now, you're going to get it worse. And that's why all these variants are coming out, partly because of the uh, the virus pressure that it exerts on itself. But also because I think that these um, a lot of these uh, variants are being produced and released into our society. How that is, I have no idea, and I can't prove it, but it would make sense to me. Um, now that people are vaccinated and they're they're immune compromised, basically to this disease, all they got to do is give the disease again, and it's good night, Charlie, or Charlene, as the case may be. Um, I want to reiterate that if you're a believer in Yeshua, there are certain promises that the, or that's Jesus, that is. Uh, there are promises that Yahweh has given us, that uh, no weapon formed against us will prosper, and also that um, that we're in his hands. He cares for us, and he takes care of us. And, and uh, so, frankly, I believe that there's nothing to worry about. Let me get rid of this thing. Okay. So, you know, just keep strong in the Lord if you've gotten a vaccine and you know the Lord. If you don't know him, you might want to get to know him real quick. Get your DNA changed. It might be a good time to do it because um, he changes our DNA for the better. Bible says that uh, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away and all things are new. So <clears throat> basically we become uh, godly um Beings, not, oh, I don't want to say that. Um, the scripture says that um, he who began a good work and he will continue that work until the day of Christ Jesus. So we're being slowly but surely transformed into the sons of God, which the scripture says, not that we are God or that we'll ever be God, but we are adopted into his family and changed into the vision that he wants us to be, the visage that he wants us to be, actually, I wanted to say. So those things uh, being the case, um, believers in Yeshua are, are guaranteed uh, certain 
certain rights and certain promises that, uh, that the world cannot and will not have. Uh, people have speculated this is the mark of the beast. I don't see that. Um, if they gave the shot in the right hand or the forehead, I could believe it. But no, uh-uh. uh Anyway, so let's uh, let's go ahead and end this. Uh, I think that the, the video spoke for themselves. I hope that you got something out of it and that you maybe you learned something. I know that a lot of this stuff was has been around for a while, but you know it's uh, it's always good to hear things twice or three times. Um, that way it gets cemented into here and into here also into the heart, and um, that way we can rightfully um, teach people um, what's right and what's wrong. And uh, that being the case. We're tools that are being used by, by Yahweh, whether we like it or not. Um, I like it myself. For being tools that are being used to, to get the word out, to not become one of the lemmings that follows other people off the cliff, but to be free thinkers and to, and to question authority, uh, especially the authority that's around today. My goodness, you can question them all you want, and it's still going to come back as lie, 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 lie. Um, so anyway, that haven't been said. <laughs> I know I say anyway a lot. Um, that haven't been said. I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Um, if you need to, watch the video again. Watch the uh, the show again or listen to it again. And, uh, well, until next Monday or sooner, as if the case arises, um, be blessed, folks, and uh, enjoy your week. Have a good week. Have a blessed week in Yeshua's name. And, and just know that um, he's there for us. And uh, like the song used to say, oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Okay. When I was unlovable, he loved me. So uh, that speaks a lot to me. And sometimes I think I'm still unlovable, but he he proves me wrong in that all time. So anyway, uh, be blessed, folks. And uh, we will talk to you soon. We'll see you soon. And uh, from Opposing the Matrix... May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out and coming in. May he give you peace. In Yeshua's name, Yahweh Yeshua. Amen and amen. Live long and prosper. Good night.